This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast, and sometimes more than daily, as will be the case today. Now, we've had a weekend of toing and froing from the two leadership campaigns, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, and I'm now joined by James Forsyth and Isabel Hardman to go over what we have missed. James, just to, just to begin us off, we've been getting a bit more in the sense of policy over the past few days, haven't we? What struck out to you so far? I think what is interesting about this is the way in which the two candidates are trying to frame the debate. So Rishi Sunak is talking about five emergencies that he says the next government is going to have to grip straight away. So he talked about, so far he's talked about the NHS waiting list, about illegal immigration, and about China. And I think Liz Truss has also spoken about immigration, and she also has done a bit of China stuff in, in, in I think, in response to what Rishi Sunak has been saying. I mean, what is interesting here is you see the debate broadening out for the first time, really, beyond what has dominated up to now, which is the economy and tax cuts and, and the question of, of when they when they are best timed. And I think the, the interesting question is, you look at some of the problems coming down the track. The NHS waiting this problem was bad before we had all of these COVID spikes over the summer. The joke that, that summer is a new winter for the NHS, you, you do begin to think what this winter is going to be like when you consider the backlogs that are building up. And then you also have today predictions that the energy price cap will be going up by 150% in the autumn. And, the, the, you know, and you find out how close the UK, that London came to kind of running out of electricity last week. And it is quite clear that the, the size of the challenges facing the new Prime Minister are increasing during this context. You know, I mean, in that the job is becoming more difficult. And I think there's also another thing that is making potentially making the job more difficult, which is this contest feels really quite rancorous now. Leadership contests often are, but this one feels like it has a particularly rancorous element to it. And it'll be very interesting to see how tonight plays out. And Isabel, you've been working on a book on the NHS. So I wondered, just specifically looking at the NHS policies so far, have you found either of them particularly impressive? Does, does one candidate appear to have more of a grasp of the challenges coming that James has just outlined? I don't want to start I don't want to start off by sounding churlish because I think it's great that they're both acknowledging that there is a crisis in the NHS and that it needs greater grip. I think though that they haven't fully grasped how long the crisis has been going on for. So waiting lists were were rising dramatically before COVID, uh, not just before the COVID spikes, but uh, before the pandemic. Um the NHS had also been missing a lot of its targets and so I was quite surprised to read that Rishi Sunak's solution to the NHS missing lots of its targets is to um, introduce more targets rather than working out why the NHS might be continuing to miss, for instance, its waiting targets in accident and emergency, which it has done since, I think, 2015. I think setting up a task force, which is one of Rishi Sunak's ideas uh, to tackle the backlog, does make a fair amount of sense because there is quite a bit to be learnt from the vaccine task force. However, that suggests that there wasn't regular monitoring of the backlog within Whitehall already, which I think people working on um, the backlog within the NHS would dispute. And then I think the the other thing that, that both candidates are conveniently glossing over 
is just how much the workforce crisis has been exacerbated by a refusal of successive governments, successive treasury administrations to grapple it. And, you know, we can talk about there being a global doctor crisis, which there is, but Britain does have the ability and capacity to increase its medical school places by more than it has done. And Jeremy Hunt, whenever you mention this to him, says, oh, well, when I was health secretary, I increased it. I increased medical training places by 25%. But that's nowhere near enough. And so I think one of the issues that both of the candidates are having is that they are having to deal with the policy failures of their own government over the past 12 years, because even though it takes a long time to train a doctor, a long time to train a nurse, it doesn't actually take as long as the Conservatives have been in government. And James, you mentioned how scratchy, in a way, the the blue and blue is getting already. We're seeing today, I think we had Nadine Doris come out and she's talking about um, Claire's accessories and Liz Truss's use of, uh, you know, single digit earrings in terms of price range comparing it to Rishi Sunak's wealth. Also, I think just in terms of if you're looking at the immigration proposals, you had Team Trust criticising Rishi Sunak's idea of potentially using boats um, to form a cruise ships to have those coming over. And then a, a supporter of Rishi Sunak suggesting that Liz Trust, the former Remainer, was siding with human rights lawyers. Is the sense amongst MPs that this is getting incredibly hard to get back to a point where they can all work together come the end of this contest? Is it alarming people? I mean, there are two separate things to address. I think, one, there is a fundamental philosophical difference on the economy. And I think in some ways, the Tory party needs to have that argument. Now, obviously, in an ideal, you know, in an ideal world from a Tory party point of view, it would have that argument in civil terms. But the policy divide there, I struggle to see how you don't have an argument about that. I think some of the other stuff is, I think, all linked up with, you know, I think Nadine Doris is, is motivated as much by her, her views on kind of Boris Johnson and all this than, than this contest. And, and I also think that the Tory party should bear in mind something else, which is cabinet ministers are, by definition, wealthier than the vast majority of the population. And trying to say somehow that because Liz Truss wears cheap earrings, that means somehow that she is hugely in touch. I don't think that is going to work, especially at a time when people are faced by these massively rising energy bills coming up, rising food prices. I think the kind of question for the Tory party is this, is every time you change leader, you inject a bit of poison into the bloodstream, essentially. Is it getting close to septic shock? Can it pull back from this? And I think the other question is, you know, bubbling away in another corner of this debate is the bitterness of some supporters of Penny Mordaunt about what they feel happened to them and what they blame the trust campaign for what happened to her. Um, And he had some kind of fairly extraordinary stuff over the weekend about suggesting that maybe Liz Truss will have to be chucked out of the ballot paper and Penny Mordaunt's name. But I don't think think that's going to happen in a a month of Sundays. But, but, but But I think it tells you all the various bits of ill will that there is about the place. And I think the big question is, you know, can you pull it back together again? Because I think what is certainly true is in some ways the Boris Johnson method of party management, which was right, there are these people who are blocking Brexit, I will take the whip away from them and that will break the deadlock. That worked in that moment. I don't think you could attempt the same thing again today. But I think I would say what everyone has to bear in mind is there is one thing which is having a debate about the policy. And I mean, I, mean, I think these differences on economic policy are so fundamental. I don't see how you do a kind of split the difference 
approach. And then some of this other stuff, which is clearly getting into the level of put that into your Labour attack video. And Isabel, just looking ahead to tonight's debates, we will be doing another podcast after um, with, with the panel's verdicts and uh, what we expect to follow from that. But who's the most pressure on tonight? In a way, it seems Rishi Sunak needs to change gear in terms of his campaign. But also Liz Truss, I think we could safely say one of her weaker points ultimately is debating. Yeah, I mean, just on the earrings, I absolutely love the commitment, the campaign commitment that Nadine Dorries has made that Liz Truss is going to wear the same pair of earrings uh, throughout this contest, which was basically what her tweet was suggesting. I really admire the, the consistency there. I, I hope she cleared that with uh, with Truss HQ. Yeah, I'm sure Liz Truss will be very thankful. <laughs> the pressures are, are different on the, on the two candidates. Obviously, you know, as you've written this morning, Katie, Liz Truss is now the front runner in this stage of the contest. And so for her, there are more risks, perhaps, of of tripping up in this debate. As we've seen in previous debates, she doesn't always work the camera in a way that works for her. I was reading piece at the weekend where somebody said that human was her second language which was a problem and um, I think that is that is a concern of um, of those around trust that while she can be incredibly funny in person she sometimes becomes quite wooden and sounds as though she's sort of gone automated with some of her answers um, and so that's something that that they'll be uh, trying to um trying to improve on for tonight but then for Rishi Sunak he wants to use these debates this debate as a sort of breakthrough moment where he tries to um to woo uh Tory members who are for for one reason or another skeptical about the kind of vibes he gives off and um and and so the, the pressure's on for him there but I wouldn't say that either of them will be going into this debate thinking I just need to get through this I think both of them will be wanting to make the most of it in order to iron out some of their iron out some of their weaknesses as I've mentioned we're back this evening so with that thank you Isabel thank you James thank you to Max Jeffrey for producing this podcast and thank you for listening